All right, everybody. Welcome. It's a great night. Great night, great day, great week. I'll tell you one thing. There are always two times that you're not going to be happy. Do you know what those two times are? There's always two times. Two times that you'll find that you're unhappy. The first time is kind of obvious. It's when you don't get what you want. Right? You want something, you don't get it, you're not going to be happy. You know what the second time is? When you get it. When you get what you want, also, it's the second time you're not going to be happy. Which kind of, it's crazy when you think about it. You're not going to be happy if you don't get it. You're not going to be happy if you get it. So it really begs the question, like, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? And so the answer, I'm sorry? Why? It's a good question. Kabbalistically, Kabbalah explains the why of everything. That's what's so beautiful about it. It's one thing is like, yeah, you kind of hear the truth in that, but why? Why? Because everyone's kind of always, we talked about it, we're either living in the past or the future. So when you don't get what you want, your happiness was so dependent on this illusion, this thing. Because we all have illusions. Satan creates illusions for us. So, for example, Satan creates an illusion, like you see this woman or you see this man, and let's say you're single. Satan creates an illusion of, oh my God, you're going to be so happy if you had that. Right? Have you ever seen, the, do you ever remember, do you remember that movie, The Shining? You know where I'm going with this? There's this one scene in The Shining, I remember, it's such a spiritual scene. It's a scene with, um, it's a very famous, it's like a horror movie, but like one best picture, I think. It's Jack Nicholson is in this like haunted house and he, he walks into one of these rooms and he walks into the bathroom and there's this beautiful like naked woman standing in front of him. Do, do, is that, anybody remember this scene? You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, so he's like, gets so excited. So he approaches her to like be intimate with her. And I guess, as, as I forgot exactly what happened, but as he begins to kiss her, what happens? Yeah, she turns into this like, scary, like, ugly thing. And that's kind of what life is like. <laughs> so what's, what, what the opponent does, the opponent does, the opponent creates illusions that look like that would be amazing if I got that. It would be amazing if I had that level of power or that level of fame. I remember my friends always, like one of my friends, he became like really successful all of a sudden. So he like bought like a couple homes. And all he does is complain about these homes now. The gardener, the this happened, the construction guy, like he's almost getting a divorce now because he's fighting with his wife all the time about it. It's like, just like it, it, looked, it looked so good when you were just watching it on Instagram, like this poem. But then you move into it and it's like all the problems come, right? So one of the reasons why, uh, so that's the illusion. Everyone's chasing the illusion, but the illusion is really just an illusion. It always turns out to be that scary woman. 
metaphorically. The second reason why when you get what you want, you're not happy, is because the pleasure nullifies the desire. The pleasure nullifies the desire. Think about that for a moment. You're very, let's say you're hungry, and someone's cooking you your favorite meal. You go to a restaurant, you get your favorite meal, like this, like delicious everything. It's like, like maybe a good meat, a good fish, good vegetables, like the nice aroma, the taste, everything. You have such a desire, you can't wait. You're at this phenomenal restaurant, and you start eating. And when you're done eating, you're no longer enjoying the restaurant. In fact, you look at the food, like the rest, the food looks disgusting at the end of the meal. It's like disgusting, maybe you ate too much, and yeah, you look at it. everything just meow, just goes down. Just nothing was as fun as the drive to the restaurant to have this meal when you were hungry. Because what did the steak do? The steak canceled the hunger. The pleasure nullified the desire. Isn't that interesting? Single people want to be married. Married people want to be single. It's like everyone's trying to chase something else all the time. So what's the solution? Solution is don't play that game. That is the game of what we call the 1% world, the reactive world, a.k.a. the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Tree of knowledge, good and evil versus what's called the tree of life. It's a whole story of Adam and Eve, and it's a beautiful spiritual story. It represents the relationship of light and vessel. It's not biblical or religious. It's actually light and vessel. But tree of knowledge, good and evil, means you have good, you have bad. You have good, you have bad. And it's a constant like up and down, and people are just trying to get as much good as possible, but it's mostly bad. The answer is you choose to be with the light. You choose to be happy. You don't wait to be happy. You don't wait for the stake. It's a choice. So let's say you wake up in the morning and you choose to be successful. We talked about this last week. You choose to be in love. You choose to be strong. You choose to be happy. Most people don't know they have a choice. Most people believe Satan has tricked us into believing when I get that pleasure... I will feel like the light. But I can tell you from experience and experience in coaching for 24 years, it's always an illusion. Nobody has figured out this solution. Nobody. Nobody has figured out happiness through chasing. It is a choice that we all need to make. It's a choice. Now, when you make the choice, you connect with the light. Because the light is the cause and not the effect. If you're still waiting to get something, it means you're playing the effect game. You're actually the effect of that thing needing to happen. Something needs to happen for me to feel a certain way. That means I've already resigned myself to be the vessel and not the light. It's crazy. In fact, we've already lost the spiritual game. This is why it always comes down to being the one who chooses. In Kabbalah 1, class 1, what was, that? What was the main topic that we learned? Pause. You know how powerful that kind of, How powerful is pause? Why is pause so powerful? Why is pause so powerful? 
What are we pausing? React, what is reactive behavior? When a person gets upset. Well, what is it? Yeah, so something is triggering your lack. And so essentially, what is it triggering within us to do? To become the effect. What? Reactive behavior makes us feel like we need to receive something. Receive something. That's it's always, that's the problem with reactive behavior. You start to feel, I need something. As soon as you believe that, we have now disconnected from the tree of life. And we've entered that other world where it's just the effect. So it's Satan's world. So we said, here's the technology. It's a technology you pause. You pause and you remind yourself. You tell yourself, I have everything. I have everything. In fact, we learned about this when it came to prayer. We said prayer, and this might sound contradictory, but just bear with us. A prayer is a desire and a request from deep within you that builds a vessel. So what is the main issue in life? We don't even have a vessel to begin with. It's like we're going to the restaurant full. There's no vessel. Can I borrow some of your waters here? That water. That one here. Okay, so what do we got here? Two vessels. This one is 17 ounces. This one is almost 34 ounces, so it's double. We have two size vessels. When a person prays, if you're a 17 ounce vessel and you pray, your vessel, what does prayer do? Prayer, remember, it doesn't change God. You're not changing God. We cannot change God. God is unchangeable. It says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Remember, this is a Bible quote. The creator does not change. You cannot change the creator. What you can do is pray to change the vessel that's inside of us. Pray to change our consciousness. Pray to change us from doubts to certainty. Pray to desire more light. You can pray for anything that has to do with your transformation. And we said, pray, number one, this is what's interesting about prayer. We're not saying here to pray for something yet. We're saying to pray to know you don't need to pray, actually. This is very deep. I'm going to come back to these in a moment. The first step of prayer is, I don't even need to pray. Why? Because I already have everything, so what do I even need to pray for? That's what you pray for. You need to pray but you don't need to pray. It's very deep. You need to pray to get to a place that you, don't, that you feel you don't need to pray. Because you, you are good. I'm good the way I am. I just heard this bad news. I'm good. Once you're good, once you're good, it means you're connected. It means you have affinity with the light. The light is powerful. The light is the king. Now you are the king. Now we need to go out into the world and take action. So now that I have everything, I pray for everything. Now you can pray for whatever you want. Because it's not about you anymore. It's about you as a custodian, you as a channel, 
you as a manager, you in flow with the energy of the universe. When I need something, the flow is done. That's done. I was sitting in a meet, I had a business meeting yesterday and I had this moment of appreciation because I was talking to someone. I shared this example yesterday. I was talking to someone and I was asking myself, if I didn't know Kabbalah right now, I would be acting like such a fool. Like this person was saying things that could ease, it, it was the equivalent, this person was saying things that was the equivalent of, you know, I have, uh, let's say you like need money like for a project. Let's say you're trying to raise money for a project. And this person was like, you know, I have millions of dollars and I don't even know what to do with it. Maybe I'll just burn it in a fire. Imagine, this is, I'm, I'm being a little exaggerated so you can kind of see. Imagine you need money so badly and this person is sitting here and saying, I don't know, what do you think I should do with the money? Should I just flush it down the toilet? Should I just burn it? Maybe I'll just burn the money. I don't know, what do you think? So I'm sitting there, I got my little espresso, I'm listening to him, I'm just nodding my head, and I could see Satan is trying to bait me. What would you say? If you didn't know Kabbalah, what would you say? I said, well, actually, it's very interesting. You should say you don't know what to do with your money. Because I have this project right here. I think you would love funding. That would be the reactive behavior. So I was sitting there the whole time, just nodding my, just nodding my head, even though he was offering something I really needed. I said, you don't say. It was the most powerful moment for me. Because I was praying. So this is the trick. Satan is tricking me. Satan wants me to become the effect. To ask for whatever he was offering. I don't need, I, I don't need what he's offering. But I could see the lack coming up. So that was the test. So all of us, we can understand that like we're in moments where we see the lack coming up and then we want to engage. But that's the test. That is, that's what we learned in Kabbalah 1. Just pause. The whole lunch, I was just pausing the whole time. I, don't, I think I maybe said seven words the whole lunch. And then at the end, he's like, wow, that was a powerful lunch. I said, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Now, maybe later on when you feel totally like you don't need the light will show you what to say. Hey, maybe send a follow-up. Maybe a follow-up email saying, hey, by the way, I know you mentioned something. I didn't feel it was appropriate to bring it up then, but maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But the point is, when you feel you don't need, you become a channel and a messenger and everything comes in the right way. You become a manifester. You become a massive manifester. Everywhere you go, you start to manifest. Questions about that so far? We're kind of, we're going deeper into the concept of prayer today. I'm going to give you more examples and more of a technology of how to pray. I'm going to, he had his hand up, and then I'm going to come right back to you. Come. How do you know that that wasn't a gift that you were being given? It's a great question. So it reminds me of a story, of one of my favorite stories that the Kabbalists would talk about, where this great Kabbalist, he was, he was like, he was, he needed, he did, he was so broke, he was like poor, but, and he needed money, so he started to pray, 
He said, Creator, I, I, need, I, need, I need something to just live another day. So then he started to walk to the place of study and worship. As he was walking, he saw that um, he saw a coin, like a gold coin on the floor. So he said, wow, you know, my prayers were answered. So he bent over to, and he grabbed, picked up the coin. And he said, wait a minute. If this was really meant for me, I wouldn't even have to bend over to pick it up. Like even that was reactive. So he put the coin back down. And then he kept walking. And then, of course, the story goes that someone came and he saw that the coin, there was a coin there. He said, wow, somebody must have lost this gold coin. And he grabbed it and he didn't, saw nobody around. So he walked further and he went into the place of study and he saw this one guy there studying, just talking to the creator. And he said, I, I don't know, is this your coin? And he handed it to him in his hand. Right? So it's a very, I love this story so much because you can stop the game anytime you want. If you, by the way, for some people, they could have in that meeting said, hey, you know what? I have a project. Maybe you would love funding. And by the way, you might be funded, but you, what happens is you're stopping the vessel at 17 ounces. When the, the longer you can say no, your vessel gets bigger. That's why it's so hard to let go. Because the vessel just, vessel gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's hard because you're not filling it yet. You're just holding the line, holding the line. Remember like that scene in Braveheart where, where uh, Mel Gibson is telling them, hold, hold and, and the enemy's coming. And he's saying, hold the line. It's a very powerful scene. And then there's, like, there's this anticipation, like, dude, like, you're, you're about to die. And, he's, and then there's a moment where then they attack and they win. But it's, it's how long you can hold the desire without fulfilling it, then, then your vessel expands, and then there's a moment, there's a revelation. And that goes with everything, right? That goes with business. Like In business, people are cashing in so quickly. You can tell usually when you talk to someone how, how big their desire is and how they're not settling for less. They're not cashing out quickly. They're just building the vessel, building the vessel, building the vessel, and they're, res- and they're restricting filling the vessel. They're like putting in more work, more work. You see this with athletes. You see that there was a famous, uh, famous interview with Kobe Bryant early days when he was, like, he was becoming like one of the best, but he was a selfish player. He wouldn't pass the ball. So he said, Kobe, why don't you pass the ball? Anybody heard this interview? And, and then he says, why would I, some variation of, why would I pass the ball to someone who just trains four hours a day, five days a week, when I'm training 12 hours a day, seven days a week? Right? It's like the reason why he became one of the greatest of his generation was because he always built the vessel. He built it. He didn't let, when his body said, all right, that's good enough, he took it an extra hour, another hour. He pushed himself. And that's how you become the greatest version of yourself, is when you can hold the line and not cave to instant gratification. And, and one of the techniques to hold the line is to have mind over matter, which means you tell yourself, I'm fine. This is okay exactly the way it, I'm comfortable with the discomfort of not having. So this is the, what the, that's what the prayer is. There's no problem. There's no problem right now. And then you can't stop at number one, because if you stop at number one, you're lazy. Oh, I have everything. I don't need anything. You just stay home all day. 
You're not, you're, 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 you'll, you'll be a, a, a parasite in society. So part two is, how do I, 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 I do want everything. I do want to expand. I do want to share. I do want to give. I want to create. So you go out into the world. Do so. You had a question? Same question? Follow-up? Ask a follow-up, and then we'll move around. Yeah. So let's say someone's tikkun is inadequacy or not feeling enough. Not feeling to enough. To ask for something. Okay. In that situation, would asking... So explain. Someone's tikkun is what exactly? Let's say it's, let's say it's uh, not feeling worthy to ask or to be enough, you know. Okay, let's be clear. Someone yeah. who feels not worthy to ask, that's not the tikkun. Okay. It's, you're actually merging a tikkun with reactive behavior. They feel not worthy to receive. Okay. Therefore, their reactive behavior is, I will not ask. Not asking is a form of reactive behavior, by the way. Not asking is a form of reactive behavior. So this person who feels they are not worthy to receive, what would they need to do? Yes. I guess that's the question. Yeah. Ask. Before, before they, they ask. Before they ask, it's... There's a problem. I have, I have no there's mind. a lot of people like, I'm going to break my nature and ask. That's a problem. Right. Yeah. Why is that a problem, though? Now that we know Kabbalah, why is that a problem? Even though you're breaking your nature, why is that, why is that, where is it still coming from? It's coming from a place of lack. It's still coming from a place of lack. So this is why prayer is so powerful. So the prayer of the person who's not worthy, I would say you spend the whole day praying that you are worthy. I am worthy. I deserve everything. It's very uncomfortable for a person who has worthiness issues to pray and speak out loud that they are worthy. I am worthy of a healthy relationship. I am worthy of wealth. I'm worthy of being a channel. I'm worthy to have great friends around me. I'm worthy to live a life that's no drama. If you have a lot of drama in your life, it means you believe you deserve drama. You will never attract something you don't believe you deserve. If you have abuse around you, verbal, all these kinds of abuse, it's because there's a part of us that is very familiar with it, so we attract it. We desire it. We're actually subconsciously praying for it. So we, the person with low self-esteem would first pray for that, that, to change that consciousness. Creator, help me realize that I am just like you. I deserve, in fact, the whole world. In fact, if I don't receive, you, Creator, are not manifested. This is a problem. It's a problem for you, Creator. Therefore, I want to be your greatest student. I want to be one of your greatest channels. Help me see that. I am a great channel. I am a great channel. I am, and whatever the mantra is, that's what you would pray. And once you establish that, then from a place of strength, you will know who and where to ask. You should not ask everyone. It's a good question. I know we had some more questions right here. Yeah. I have a question about the nature of the vessel. Like, does my vessel exist in an energetic realm? And if so, what is its relationship to my physical body? Or is it meant to be understood more as a metaphor? So there's only two forces in this world. The, the light of the creator and the desire to receive. So all the creator has ever done is create a desire to receive. This, this desire to receive, so imagine, the creator created this paper, which is the desire to receive. This was the original vessel. The vessel shattered, eventually, into all these billions of souls. It's actually only 600,000 souls. Those 600,000 souls have now fragmented and shattered again and again, and every time a person dies, 
So this is the person. As soon as they die, they also split again into maybe, let's say, four souls. And you share the tikkun. But what's interesting is these souls are all very different sizes, as you can see. We got this size, we got this size. So this size soul would be a larger desire to receive the light of the Creator. This would be smaller. And we see people in this world that they don't have a big craving. Like you go to them and be like, Do you want a, do you want everything in this world? They're like, yeah, it's nice. Everything is nice. You know, I I, I don't know what you're saying. You know, I just, I'm going home now. Thank you. Like, it's not like, they're not like, and then there's other people that are just like, like they want it. It's like they think really big, right? There's a difference between the CEO of the company and the person who's customer service, right? And it doesn't mean somebody's better or worse, but the CEO would vomit at the thought of being in customer service and the person in customer service would vomit at the thought of being the CEO. I remember so many times wanting to give a great employee on a low level, like a managerial position, and they've, no, 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 I don't want it, I don't care. I remember one time promoting someone, she had like a panic attack for six months and begged to be demoted. She begged, she said, I can't, she said, I don't want it, I don't want to manage people, I don't care for it, I just want to go back to my role, my task, I want to be done by five, I don't want to think about it, it's too much. Is that bad? No, it's what she, it's what she was. It's, she needs to be the greatest version of this. And then there's people who have massive potential, massive desire, but you know they're channeling it in the wrong way. But that's them. So that is the soul. Now, that's the internal vessel is the soul. Around the soul we have the body, which is another vessel. Okay. It encapsulates the soul. So it's, a, it's another level of, of, a, of a desire. This is probably a little too much for Kabbalah 1. This is a Kabbalah 3 concept that we talk about in reincarnation. But the body, the problem with the body is it, it cannot be corrected. It just wants like a black hole all the time. Bless you. All our job is to control the body consciousness to serve the soul. But the body itself cannot be corrected in this lifetime. There's a whole secret of how and when. It's called the, 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 the Messiah and the resurrection of the dead. There's all these secrets about when the body itself becomes a, new, a vessel to receive light without chaos. But this is too much for tonight. So our goal here is to overcome the body consciousness. The body serves the soul. And so when a person is reactive, what they're doing is they're training the body to serve the soul as opposed to the soul, which is right now serving the body for most people in this world. The soul is subjugated, unfortunately, for most people in this world. And there'll be a tipping point, and I think we're already starting to see it, a tipping point of consciousness, and then that's what changes the whole world. And we're already seeing it, already seeing it. Yeah, thank you, it's a great question. Let's take a couple more, and then I got a workshop for you guys. Yeah, no, Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this um, without sounding accusatory. <laughs> um, so, um, so in some of the teachings before David, you mentioned that like the light wants us to to pray, and so oftentimes when we feel the lack, it's so that we will turn to the light, and that we will come to the light and we'll pray. So, in a way. 
like the part one, part two, or at least the part one, like I don't, I don't see how that fits here. Because if you're feeling a lot of lack and you're turning to the creator for support, it's kind of hard to pretend like you don't have any lack. So what's your question? So my, so my question is, what do you do in those situations? Give me a situation. Um, I always love when you give me personal yeah, examples yeah. because we take it out of the you know, philosophical down to the practical. And if somebody else has an example they want to share to help down out, we can, we can workshop that. Um, Okay, I mean, this is, this is a, like kind of a stupid example, but uh, earlier this week, I, um, I was like gonna update my website and I noticed that I couldn't log in to edit my website. So I got really frustrated. And I, um, and then it like, it, like, right, the feelings of lack came up for me. And I didn't pause, but... Um, what did you do? Um... <laughs> I threw a shit fit. <laughs> a shit fit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> not proud of it. But, um, like, I think in those, that could have been a moment to be like, like, hey, like, creator, like, help me, guide me here. Like, I, like what am I supposed to do? So, what, so okay, so let, let's look at this example. Okay. What came up to the surface are aspects of what are called the, like a small vessel, small desire. How do we know? We all have like these, our tikkun is our small desire. Because what does tikkun want? It just wants like right now to feel good. It wants like respect. It like, it's like respect me now, love me now. It's like it's all these little things. And when we surrender the small desire, the, the great desire comes, the big desire. So in this case, it's an example of seeing kind of like, I need this to work right now. Part of the prayer is, at that moment, be like, you know what, creator, it's okay if this doesn't work, because I want everything. I don't want just this. When we're in a jam, unfortunately, we pray just for the jam to be fixed. Let's say you, you need $5,000 for your rent, and you don't have it. So what do people pray for? $5,000. If only I had $5,000. That's what I need right now. It says that when a woman is giving birth, which is pain, She's usually just praying for the pain to stop and the birth to happen. The Kabbalists say at that moment of her birth, she should ask for everything she wants in her life. It's very powerful. But, but because why? There's so much light being revealed at birth that all the gates are open. And you can literally choose whatever destiny you want. Now, Satan knows that. And this is also why there's a lot of physical pain. Satan knows that. He wants you just to be focused on just solving the current the problem. What's the current problem? I'm in physical pain. I need this baby to come already. Think about it. how many women in the world right now, as they're giving birth and they're in pain, are thinking about the whole world. Thinking about every, every desire, like thinking about everything, like, like the power, wealth, the love, they want it all. Like healing for people. No, nobody's thinking. Nobody. 
because Satan is doing such a good job of narrowing our focus when we're in pain. And when we're in pain, those are the transitionary moments where we shift to new destinies. Pain is always the transitionary moment. Without pain, you cannot transition to a new destiny. The larger the pain, the larger the transition. When capitalists used to cut their finger and it would bleed, they would pray for everything. Not just for the bleeding to stop. I remember one time, I, was, I remember in New York, I played basketball with my colleagues and it was getting aggressive. And then I went for a ball and I fell on my ankle and, I, and it wasn't, like I knew it wasn't good. And I hit the ground and my teacher walked over and said, are you okay? And I remembered this lesson. So I looked at him and I said, I, I want everything. <laughs> and he started, said, what? I said, I want everything. He said, yeah, but what's wrong with your ankle? I said, I don't know, but I don't want to look at it, but I want Everything. And, we, and then we laughed about it. So, so that's the... That's, and and when, when we think this way, when we have this consciousness, then those little things don't need to happen anymore either. The little things happen just to remind us that we're thinking small at that moment. I just need the website to work. You want more than the website to work. You want to be a channel of like abundance and wealth and, and be a, a channel for other people and to be a healer and whatever it is that you're working on. So you would actually pause in that moment and you, would, and you would visualize your whole empire. So powerful. Throughout the day, I'm trying my best to visualize what the empire looks like in 10, 20, 40 years. Because we get so bogged down in the weeds. Satan just wants us to be like, what am I doing now? And addressing this, this email, this email. This little email we're doing just sucks our, sucks that we're this powerful soul. We get sucked to this little thing, this little phone. There was something interesting happened to me this week. My hands stopped working for seven days. Literally, my hands froze. I, could, I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't type. It was a very, very interesting thing that happened. On one hand, I was freaking out. I was really freaking out. On the other hand, on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, on the other hand I, because I couldn't use my phone as much, I was like forced to like pray more and talk to the Creator more. And I saw how powerful that was. It's like may we all not have our hands work once in a while. Right, but when your hands aren't working, there's lack. So correct. So then, do you say, "Oh, I don't have any lack." Correct. And then I remember, I, okay. you know what? I, I started to freak out because you know where your mind goes when, you're, when that stuff happens. Like the doctors are like, oh, no, it's going to go away in a couple of days. And I'm like, go away in a couple of days. I Google it. It looks like the top three are like cancer, MS, ALS. I'm like, oh, my God. Still, all the lack comes up. But I remember, I remembered, I always share this story. It's one of the most inspiring stories. It was 2000. I think 10, maybe, 13 years ago. And I was teaching in Soho, so in New York. And uh, in the basement of a, someone's, I forget what it was, like an art studio. Like, nice group of people, 30 people there. And uh, as I was starting the class, this one guy walks in. And he, he had no legs. And he... You, and then he was blind. So he was like kind of coming in, no legs, and blind. 
looked like he was in mid-30s. He just like walks in and he sits there. And I'm like, okay, I don't know who he is. I don't know who brought him. The whole time, the whole class, he was laughing. He was smiling, like just so, ha- like so happy. And this went on for a couple of weeks. I didn't know who this guy was. And finally, um, I forgot what it was. Like he raised his hand. He had a question. And I asked him like, like what brought you here? So he said, he shared his story. Okay, so he was, he, I think he was 39 years old. He said, he said, just two years ago, he had legs and he could see. And say so one day he woke up and um, he couldn't see out of one of his eyes. And then like, I think a few weeks later, he couldn't see out of the other eye. I think it was, I think it was diabetes. And then they had to amputate both of us. It was a horrible, horrible story. And he, three times a week, he has to go to, dia- he does dialysis for like eight hours a day. And he said to me, he said, when I lost my legs and I lost my eyes, I was forced to just use my consciousness to be happy. And he said something transitioned inside of me that I can't explain it. I'm just happy all day long. He said, he said today I just came from dialysis and my ride didn't pick me up and I sat, and it was New York, and he's like, I sat outside for hours and I, I couldn't call anybody and I just sat outside for hours for someone to pick me up. And I was so happy for hours in the cold. Like, I'm hearing this, and I'm, like, getting emotional. I'm freaking out. And I remember this guy. It was so powerful. He was just like a walking light. He was always happy. And you think, you think to yourself, can, you, can we get to that consciousness without having to go through that process? Which is the goal. That's the goal. I know the Creator sent him in my life to show me a, what the standard of, of real, conscious, real consciousness is. Very powerful. What's interesting was he wasn't trying to be happy. He said, I can't explain it. I cannot be sad. I cannot experience even sadness anymore. And he said, before, when I had legs and eyes, it's like I was 99% of the day anxious and sad. And... But he rewired his brain. Yeah. So you, it kind of makes you think just how much maybe our hands and our legs and our eyes are actually drawn like draining us, taking us down. Because it's all consciousness at the end of the day. It's all consciousness. So I think about that all the time. I try to think like, I want to get to his level of happiness without the chaos. That's, that's what we, that you can only do that through prayer. You can't, there's no other way to do it unless you pray for that reality so you can draw it in without the chaos. Uh, let's do something. We're going to do a powerful workshop. Each one of us has the ability to be channels for other people. This is a very amazing gift that we all possess. Often water signs, how many people here are water signs? Raise your hand. We've got Cancer, Pisces, Scorpio. Okay. Water signs, now that could be just like your normal sign, but your chart is very elaborate. So you could have water and other aspects of your chart. Water, water signs are more easily connected to kind of other people's souls and feelings and emotions. I have more of a psychic ability. It's more natural. However, we all really have this gift inside of us. And it's amazing when you realize how to tap into it. One of the ways of tapping into the gift is when you feel that you don't need something from the person, then you can tap into the gift. Many times you see, for example, therapists who are good therapists, they can, say, they can channel amazing things for you. 
but maybe their own lives are chaotic. You know, it's like they're divorced or there's chaos in their own lives, but for you, they can be a channel. Why can they be such a good channel for you, but they can't be a good channel for themselves? Because when it comes to their own lives, the need comes up, so they lose that ability to be a channel. As soon as you become needy, you cannot be a channel of information for people. So, number one, it's when you feel most whole, you open up the gates of intuition. That's number one. Joy also goes with that. When you're happy, you receive messages. When you're sad, you receive messages from the negative side. There's a couple of things you should not do when you're sad. For example, you should never conceive a child when you're sad. Because when you're sad, negative forces attach themselves to you. So when you, if you try to conceive a child, they attach themselves to the child. Many people who are conceived from sadness, that tikkun follows them throughout their life. It's a concept that we learn in Kabbalah 3 about reincarnation and the consciousness of even what our parents were thinking during conception and how we can go back in time and cleanse that which there are tools of how to do that. So joy is also very important. Did I say something triggering? Oh, your mom is right there? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the mental image. Just like, mm. Just like, how do I cleanse that out of my head? So, so, so joy, joy is a big one. That's why your ability to choose happiness is important because then you can be a channel all day long. You can be a channel all day long. So, what I want to do here, do you all have pen and paper? I need everybody to have a pen and paper, and if we don't have enough paper, just tear the paper in half. Everyone should just have pen and paper. Does anybody not have and needs? Raise your hand. No? All right. Okay, all right. It's crazy. I, I personally, like, I don't, I personally, when I'm talking to someone or if I have like a coaching session or anything, what I try to do, it's very important to try to delete whatever you think you know. Because remember, the the tree of life is where divine inspiration comes from. The tree of knowledge, it's called the tree of knowledge for a reason, because knowledge is actually very limiting. Very smart people are actually more disconnected from the light, because they think they know. So they, you can't be a channel if you think you know. So I try to delete my experiences, my own past, my own tikkun. That's the best way to be a channel for someone. And to try to listen to not what they're saying, because what they're saying 
is never accurate. They don't even know what they're saying. But to try to listen to what the soul is saying. I try to do this with my children all the time. My, my children are crying or screaming about something. And if I listen to what they're saying, it's going to be an explosion. Never works out. Like, what, what is this soul trying to tell me? So I'm, and it's very important to try to like drown out even their words and try to connect to something that is very divine. Because we all have this gift. You should do this in relationships. You can do this with employees. It's just the, the problem is it's hard when you get reactive because then you get in it and you forget to do this exercise. So what I want you to do right now, you know what, I'm actually going to open it up by reading from the Holy Zohar. That's what I want to do because the Zohar is one of 22 volumes that decodifies the entire Old Testament and it reveals the soul energy of the Bible. So most people who read the Bible, they don't understand life's lessons, but what the Zohar does is it takes every sentence, every word of the Bible, and reveals the energy intelligence, and that's what Kabbalah is. Kabbalah is the decodifying of the energy and the secrets of the Bible. That's what the Zohar is. So what I actually thought was, just for our class, let's first begin with a message for the whole class. Okay? Let's pick a message for the whole class, and then I'm going to tell you how to draw a message for someone else in this class. All right? And I usually like to do it with the youngest person in the class. Errol, that would be you. 11 years old. Uh, children children are, more, are obviously more pure. They have less, in Kabbalah too, we learn, called klipot. They have less shells around them that kind of overthink things. So she'll be a channel for all of us. It's your first time here tonight. Are you enjoying yourself so far? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, so I want you to just hold the book. And I want you just to ask for the whole class, like, what is a message that we all need to hear for our own souls? And then just open the book somewhere at random. Okay, let's see what you picked. I'll read it for us. Oh, wow. So let me, I'm going to read the Aramaic. Because the Aramaic is the, uh, is the original letters that were written 2,000 years ago. Uh, Aramaic is, a, is the same letters as Hebrew, but it's kind of a more ancient, uh, it's a different type, of, a different type of like dialect almost. So I'll read it just for its original energy. Our, even though our body does not understand, the soul understands the vibration. El Hashem memit, leman memit, lehu... Mishichu de Sitra Achra, Beisha. Kevan de Mishchu de Sitra Beisha. Chamele Leziv Yikare de Kutsha Berichu. Meyad Mit Veletle Kiuma Filu Rig Achada. Kevan Dahu. Mishichu de Sitra Achra, Mit Vavar Min Alma. So Zohar says here, Why is it written that the Creator, it seems like the Creator kills. Like when people die, it's the Creator taking life. But the Creator does not kill. There's no such thing. The body, the bo- so I'll just read what it says and we'll try to dissect it. The body is connected to the other side. So that's what we're talking about. So the negative side, Satan controls the body. Why? Why? Because when Adam 
We just talked about this. When, when Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve represent all the male and female souls of humanity. So all the male and female souls of humanity were represented in Adam and Eve. The test of Adam and Eve was that six hours before Friday night, before the Sabbath, because what the Sabbath represents is the revelation of the totality of light. When it says that God rested on the seventh day, it's all code for the, a state of rest is a state of the light of the Creator in its full fullness. So every Friday night, the light is revealed on such a powerful level in our world that anyone who desires to connect to it can. So Adam and Eve were created six hours before the Sabbath, and they, they were created in the tree of life, so they actually were already connected to a very powerful energy, the tree of life. And the Creator said to them, do not eat from the tree of knowledge until the Sabbath. So if you wait those six hours, you can then draw from the tree of knowledge, which is actually a very powerful light, but you will do so in a way that you can keep it forever. Long story short, they were confused. And the snake came, Satan came and said, why aren't you eating from this tree? So Eve, Eve said, oh, we were told not to, whatever the dialogue was. And the snake said, but the creator wants you to have all of this light, does he not? Did the snake tell a lie or a truth? It's true. The creator wants you to have everything. So take it, it's yours. Adam and Eve said, you know what? It sounds true to me. Maybe we were confused. Maybe we heard the creator wrong. So they took from the tree. What did they do? They took the right thing at the wrong time. And this is the whole secret of pause. If they waited the six hours, they would have built the proper vessel to draw the light forever without chaos. They just had to wait the six hours. Satan just doesn't want you to build the, the vessel for the light. He wants, you, he wants you to have the light at the wrong time. And so, because we listen to the snake, it says that we, when you listen to bad advice, it's almost like you connect to the soul of the person. So we received a bit of the soul of the snake, and this is why we have a body that is like snake skin. So the body consciousness just wants for itself. It's like what the stake is like. <clears throat> so our whole purpose is to come outside of our body. And it says when the creator kills, it says you are asking the creator to kill the body consciousness. Transform the body consciousness. When you overcome the body consciousness, you, 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 there's death to Satan and you have life. And you receive the Holy Spirit. So what we just talked about, the Holy Spirit is divine inspiration. Your soul now shines and you receive the Holy Spirit. And this is the secret of the verse, the Lord kills and gives life. So when you hear that, kills and gives life, people think, yeah, it's like, you know, you die, you live. He's saying that the creator kills means that the creator transforms your body consciousness so the body dies and he gives life so the soul becomes alive and you receive divine inspiration. Beautiful. 
And then, it, and then it goes into a final section here, which is that it says that <clears throat> all souls, when they leave this world, they go to a place that's called the river of Dinor. It's, 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 a, it's a, like a river of fire that anyone who has negativity that they're holding on to, they, they experience this version of hell because the negativity burns away in this fire. But whoever does not have negativity that they're holding on to, the, the river is like a beautiful stream because there's nothing to burn off. It kind of reminds me of if you've ever gotten waxed. I have not. But if you have no hair and you put the hot wax on, does it hurt? But if there's hair, it's very painful. So that's what the river of Dinor is. If you're holding on to all pain, it's all pain is hell in this world and hell above, is if you're holding on to your selfishness. Then you'll have pain. If you never hold on to your ego, you can never feel pain. Never feel pain. It's impossible. It's impossible. Thank you for a powerful message you bring. All right. What I want everyone to do is close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to ask the Creator for an inspirational message. Some kind of whatever comes to your mind. Don't overthink it. Some of you might see the message. Some of you might hear the message. You may see it as letters in front of you. It could be a phrase. It could be a word. It could be something totally very specific, something about someone's mom or dad or whatever is coming to you. I want you to write it down. As soon as it comes to you, I want you to write it down because this is going to be a message for someone who needs to hear it in the class. It can be a word, it can be a sentence, it can be a paragraph. Whatever is coming to you, something someone needs to do, something someone needs to let go or share or think about or be careful of, we don't want to overthink it. We don't want to overthink it. Are we all good? Yeah. All right. So let's stand up for a moment. <clears throat> what I also, I want us, the times we are the greatest channels is when our ego is totally broken, but you're not sad. It's a very powerful place to be. A broken ego, but happy. The enemy of being a channel is overthinking. The mind. The mind cannot, the mind is overactive. We cannot be channels for people. Imagine if I had to think about every word I told you. It, even if it sounded good, you would not feel anything. You would not be connected to anything. 
If I asked each one of you, what did you learn tonight? We would hear a hundred different things. And guess what? I had never even said any one of those things. That's, that's Because you're each hearing something different for your own soul. So what I want you to do is, it's kind of like a secret Santa type thing here. But I want you to find someone who's going to deliver the message to someone else in the room for you. Okay? So you can just, even the person next to you, if there's someone, just find someone in the room who shines for you. It's like you see a light on top of them and they need to receive your message. So for example, like I would give my message to Donna and I would say, can you give this message to Adam for me? Okay? So you're not giving the message directly to the person. You're handing it to someone who is then going to deliver it for you. If you don't see anyone who shines for you, then have your messenger share it with whoever they feel. Okay? Just, and by the way, you can walk around the room, take your time with it. Don't force it. Just feel it. Just feel it. So let me tell you something. What if you didn't get a message? Huh? There was no light. You didn't need the message. If you didn't get a message, I always say, I always say, I get most excited when I don't get an invite to the party. It means that, it means that you're going directly to the source. You're going directly to the source. So you will receive a message this week. You don't have to worry if you did not get a message. I'll, I'll tell you one more thing. This week, I want us, I'm going to talk about this all the time. I want us to get comfortable talking with the Creator more than we talk with people. If you can talk to the Creator more than you talk to people, you have transformed body consciousness into soul. You talk to people, you strengthen body consciousness. You talk to the Creator, you strengthen soul consciousness. You can talk to the Creator about anything. You should talk to the Creator like you would talk to your friends. Hey, Creator, I'm feeling sad today. Hey, Creator, I'm feeling happy today. Hey, Creator, I need strength. I need certainty. Expand my desire. What's right for me? What should I, what should I order off of the menu? Ask the Creator what to order off the menu. How do you know what to order? What your body tells you? It's interesting. Your body tells you, I want that. But what about your soul? Maybe your soul needs that piece of fish because the fish has a spark of a soul that you need. Who knows? We need to start thinking this way. If you want to strengthen soul over body, we have to think in this way all the time, everywhere we go. We should start to talk to people's souls, not to their body. Don't talk to their pain body, as Eckhart Tolle says. So, ultimately, all your answers can be solved through prayer. All the consciousness you're looking for, all the clarity you're looking for. Who's the right doctor to treat a condition you're going through? You should first pray, then Google. Pray, and then talk to your friends for a good referral. But always ask the Creator first to unlock that source. It starts with the Creator, and then it ends with the physical tools that we have to try to solve our problems. Does anybody have a message that was powerful for them they want to share before we end the night? Did you get a powerful message? Any message? <laughs>
You look like you got a powerful message. You did? What was your message? Oh, that was good. Say it again. Say it again. Because it's good for all of us. Accept you're safe. You're okay. Accept you're safe. You're okay. Oh, accept that you're safe and okay. I love that. I love that. Safe. You're safe. Yeah, what was yours? Uh, what's interesting about my message is um, it was exactly the same message that I wrote and gave away. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty magic. What, what was the message? Let it go. Let it go. I love that. Yeah, pass the mic to the back there, yeah. I wasn't expecting this one, but maybe I uh, called on to it because you mentioned something about pain and how when you have pain, that's when your story changes. That, yeah, that's when you can change and shift your destiny. That part, yes. So I think I have noticed in those moments where my destiny has shifted. So I think it was a good reminder of why those things needed to happen when they did. Beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. You know what I didn't? Uh, uh, do you know? Do you know what else I didn't even realize? I, I have to. I give the same curriculum Wednesday night and Thursday, but I didn't do this workshop yesterday. Something about this group always pulls me into a different direction away from the curriculum. I just want you to know that. And tonight is the eighth candle of Hanukkah. People think Hanukkah is kind of like a, this, like you know, this thing, this Judaic historical thing that we celebrate. When I learned what Hanukkah was Kabbalistically, like it changed my whole perception around like what religion is versus spirituality. The Kabbalists explain is that there's eight days in the year where the a gate is open for divine inspiration and strength. It's called it's called the energy of Hod. Hod, because Hod is the eighth dimension of the ten dimensions from the top. And Hod is like a gateway, a portal where the great prophets like Moses, Samuel the prophet, Isaiah the prophet, Jeremiah, all these great biblical prophets used to receive their messages. However, this portal is now closed for thousands of years for many spiritual reasons. So it's very hard for people to receive messages in our day and time. However, in Hanukkah, especially on the eighth day of Hanukkah, is when all the gates are potentially open to receive whatever messages you need. So actually today, starting, starting two hours ago, for the next 22 hours, a person can receive messages. It's just interesting that I, we decided to do a workshop about being a messenger and receiving messages, and I hadn't done it last night, and just because it's the eighth night is the most powerful night that manifests all this great light. And this is why, over 2,000 years ago, the story of the Maccabees and the Greek, against the Greeks, the, the, the Israelites of that time, let's call them the Jews of that time, they understood Kabbalah and they understood energy. So they understood that those eight days was a time they could draw tremendous strength and, and tremendous miracles that it was approaching because they understood how energy worked. Back then, the Egyptians and the pyramids, they knew and understood all the technology of our universe. Jesus understood all the technology of the universe. As a result, he was always able to perform miracles. So what we're learning here at the Kabbalah Center, what we're aiming for is to go back to the original spirituality that existed before man created religion out of it. And this is why our ultimate job is to unite all of us together. Every, the Zohar talks about Islam 
and the Judeo-Christian religions. And basically all of it came from Abraham. And each one of Islam, Judaism, and Christianity play three different roles in this world that unite together to create light. And the Zohar talks about it like left column, right column, and central column, plus minus filament like a light bulb. And only when all three forces come together, we reveal the light. And the Zohar says that if you actually remove a religion from this world, the whole world is destroyed. So every person who's, whatever religion they came from, whatever their uh, traditions are, whatever their family's lineage, it's very divine and you have to respect what that, it's a unique light that they bring to the world. But obviously what we're learning here with Kabbalah is how do we all come together? Because every religion is represented in this room, even today. Including people who don't believe in God at all, which is very powerful. So... I think we even got a couple of Scientologists in here. I'll take it. It's good. We're all coming together. So, all right, guys. Oh, wait, Adam, you, finish, you go ahead and then share your message and we'll wrap up for tonight. And then, Joel, can you put Kabbalah 2 on the screen? Yeah. Is your mic on? I'm not sure. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. The first one was your soul is pure. Great message. And trust yourself and keep going. Both of which think I needed to hear. But there was one other thing I wanted to say. You mentioned something about Adam and Eve and Friday and being able to connect more on a Friday. Yeah. I used Chat GPT real quick to see what day I was born and it was a Friday. So uh. I'm just kind of <laughs> curious to get from you yeah. if that means something. People who are born on um, a Friday night to a Saturday night, it says that their souls have like, uh, uh, there's more light and energy around their souls. <sighs> And there's like a greater mission. And the message I got, the first one, was your soul is pure. It's just, yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, you know, you kind of get goosebumps when you hear this stuff. Life should be just like that all day long. Like everywhere you go, someone says something, someone feels something like miracles on demand. That's the kind of stuff that happens and should happen. And I want us to get used to that. And we're going to talk more about how to tap into that as the weeks go on, okay? So I want to, tonight's class seven, we have three more sessions, okay? And then we start Kabbalah two. I'm telling this to you now because I want you to prepare uh, also schedule-wise. We're going to be combining with Wednesday and Thursday night, and it's going to move to Wednesday night, okay? <laughs> don't, don't, don't kill the messenger. So, so listen. So, yeah. So, what? One second, one second, everyone. So, one second. It's, we're moving to Wednesday night. It's going to be 15 minutes earlier, 7.15 on a Wednesday night. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. I promise you. It's going to be great. We're going to love it. We're going to work it out. We're going to make our schedules work. You're not going to leave us. It's all going to work out fine. Okay? Here are the topics for Kabbalah 2 uh, coming up. All right? It's fun topics. We're gonna, num- first two classes, proactive confrontation and rules to communication. What do you do when you need to confront? What do you do when you need to negotiate? What do you do when we need to have a conversation with someone? Very, very powerful classes. Number two, going to start understanding more signs and messages, very much like what we did today. What is the universe trying to tell me? 
What's going on here? How do I get ahead of it before the chaos comes? We talk about the four stages of pain. That, that has to do more with the messages, right? Everyone is at a different stage where pain comes in to reveal something to us. We're going to talk about where pain comes from, how to avoid it, how to transform it. Relationships, the role of men and women in relationships. Very powerful series. Two to three classes devoted to that. To understand what our role is, our masculine role, our feminine role. Talking about sexuality, talking about conversation, talking about how to build a relationship. This is very eye-opening for people when they learn it. We talk about the miracle formula or the breakthrough formula. I show you five quadrants, five things that any person can do to create a miracle. We look at each quadrant and we ask ourselves, where are we weakest? And we work to build and strengthen that quadrant up. We're going to talk about more fun reincarnation stuff. Similar, I, I touched upon a little bit of stuff today. And then astrology and relationships. We are going to have one, maybe two classes, all about learning about the signs, who you are, what kind of signs there's compatibility with, what are the reactive natures of the signs, so you can kind of better understand who in your life, what is in your life, and how to engage. For example, each one of my children who were born, I had their charts done the week they were born by our resident astrologer here, uh, Miriam. She's amazing. She, she did charts of all my children. Before they even spoke to me, I knew what their personality types would be like. Amazing. I know how I need to talk to my Taurus child versus, and it's not just like Taurus, like, like horoscope type stuff. I learned their whole chart, all the planets, exactly where it's at, a lot, understanding a lot about past lives about the children too. Very deep stuff, helping me communicate differently with each child. So we want to give you more of these tools to be able to have a better life. So that's Kabbalah 2. Um, if you know you can continue with us, can you put registration up? Please register. There is a, we incentivize early registration because it helps us prepare your groups and the classes. Um, I mean, there... When does the class change to Thursday? I mean, Wednesday. Uh, January 24th. Okay. <laughs> it's right there. 24th, we move. We move to the 24th. I mean, yeah, I don't want to say it. Yeah. Yeah, we're in Thursday until then, and then we move to Wednesday. Huh? No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to open up that, that, that window. Um, so, Trust me, it'll be powerful, and it's nice. You're going to meet everyone in the other class. We have like 200 people in the other class. It will, it will kind of die down, and we'll have like a nice big group. You'll get to meet new people. Um, we're going to do a lot of fun stuff. We're going to do events outside of class so you guys can start building relationships, building community. It's going to be great. It's going to be, I'm really excited for all that's coming. So yes, please register if you know you can join us. It'll help us with everything. Thank you all very much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.